Blog Talk Radio. One bleeds red and one bleeds blue. Two friends, one heated rivalry. It's intense. It's no holds barred. It's game time. On Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio with your host Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Just too busy for uh, music. We don't have time for we don't have time for music tonight. Uh, Mike, hello everybody. Welcome to Red versus Blue Fantasy Sports Radio. Wherever you may be, thanks for making us part of your night. I'm Scott Atkins, Team Legacy in the world of high stakes fantasy football. As always, joined by the Big Blue co-host from Brandenburg, Kentucky, Michael Trent. Mikey, it's a Fun show tonight. We've got Robert Wallace on. W's Marauders. You've seen him around a little bit. A heck of a player. Been around the block on the high-stakes circuit, and he's jumping in for more action, so we're going to talk to him. And uh, we're going to talk NFL draft and dynasty and a little bit of everything. What's going on with you, Bubba? Hey, man. Everything's going good, Scott. Thanks for asking. Uh, You know, uh, welcome, everybody, to Red versus Blue. Uh, Looking forward to uh, hearing from Robert Wallace. Uh, like you said, he goes by uh, W's uh, Marauders, and th- that should be fun to uh, hear from a different uh, a different source and uh, and another individual that uh, he's been around the block. I mean, he's played in uh, high stakes leagues uh, for quite a few years. So uh, I can't wait can't wait to hear his insight and uh, all the things that he has to bring to the table. Yeah, it should be a fun show. There's a lot going on in the uh, in the National Football League. Mike, there's also a lot going on in the fantasy football world. This show is brought to you by FF Toolbox and the Fantasy Football World Championship. They're paying the tabs and keeping the lights on, and uh, we're thankful for that, Mikey. This is uh, the Fantasy Football World Championship's got a lot of things going on right now. You you're you're familiar with what we've started here at the FFWC. We brought in the Roto Bowl contest as our mid stakes option. And this year, uh, we have our own draft software and waiver system. It's a whole new setup, and look for, uh, for the Dynasty uh, Football World Championship and FFWC and everything. Uh, it's going to be fun, Mikey. And I don't know if you've seen the yep. screenshots yet, but this draft yes. software, I- I'm telling you, it's a game changer. It's impressive. It's, 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 it's an absolute game changer. Yeah, no doubt about it, Scott. It's very impressive. Uh, just there's so many options there that w- that you can look at and uh, view, uh, especially when you when you're on the clock. That that's one thing that just uh, you know uh, pointed out to me. When you're on the clock, where well, you have so many different things that you can look at and uh, you know make a quick decision and go with it and feel comfortable about making that right decision. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just talking to some guys in the chat room. Henry Muto and Nine Ratter in there, uh, and Henry's talking about uh, the software. Yeah, you know, look, the thing that inspired me the most. Well, first of all, waivers is really important to, to high stakes players, right? And right. and when you first the W Cop Year One high stakes waivers blind bidding waivers was born with Amel and Lenny, 
And that was such a yep. game changer in of itself. And people need this to be easy, clean, and simple. And that's what we've done. I've, I've had the best high-stakes players in the planet they, uh, working on this software, and they say – everybody that I've talked to said it's the best they've ever seen, the best they've ever used. Everything's where they need it. Everything's within sight. And I'm so happy to hear that, Mike. That means to me that newer players are going to have an easier time with it, and so that's going to make them better. That's yeah. going to make them more yeah. confident. And, and, and look, when you can make it as just as simple as possible, and this is how we did it. The way we did it is we recruited the best players and, and players that have been playing around the block for years and said, what is important to you? And we just started building it in that manner, and the, you know, it just really started to come together. So very excited well, that, about the waivers. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, absolutely, Scott, and that, that, that makes sense. I mean, if you have a, a 100,000 people that love to play fantasy football, they're good at it, and they understand it, they're very proficient at it, but you still need some more to fill in when some others, you know, just don't want to play anymore. You have to have uh, an easier way for those that can build in. It's kind of like a AAA or a AA system, uh, D-League or what, what have you. Uh, hey, you know, I understand this. Yeah, I'd like to get into this for, you know, 150 200 bucks. Yeah, let me let me get started at this level and then let me progress. And next thing you know, you have a foundation built that is going to be unbelievable. And they can understand what the, what the software is offering. The other thing that I notice as I scan through the industry and all the softwares, uh, by the way, this is the Red vs. Blue show, Scott and Mike uh, here from the FFWC and FF Toolbox. The other thing I noticed from the draft softwares that were out there was I would sit down and I draft. I competed in the uh, NFFC last year, and I've competed in the FFPC for years. And, uh, look, I, I know the, the My Fantasy League software in and out. And, and, and so the thing that I noticed the most was that right before the draft would start, I would be like, oh, crap, I need to print out my cheat sheet. So I'd go and find my Excel sheet where I'd keep my, my, starter, my, my rankings, and I'd print it out, and I'd sit it down, and I'd get out my pen and my highlighter, and I would follow along with the draft as it's going on. And I said, wait a minute, why am I doing that? If we're drafting with software, I should be able to draft from my tablet or laptop or whatever I have, I, I, I did it with the mind of the guy who's sitting there with his tablet and he, you know, he's not sitting there with a pen and paper. I said he needs to have his cheat sheet right there on his screen and you're drafting and it's, and it's marking off the guys for you. As soon as the guy's picked, it scratches the line through it. And, and so that's what we went into it with that mentality. And, and, man, I'll tell you what, we've nailed it, man. It's right there. You've got the color-coded draft board. You can switch between that and your cheat sheet, just boom, with a click of a mouse, and it's taking care of it. And you can see, you know, the, the good thing about your cheat sheet is if a lot of guys are taken and then they skip over a couple of guys that you have higher, it's easy to see it, you know. It's right there on your cheat sheet. So, so, you make, that's so, so, basically, so basically you make your own cheat sheet, and then you can, uh, you know, navigate between that and the draft board and everything else that's going on, but you still have your own cheat sheet. Yeah, you make your cheat sheet, and you have uh, access to that for every draft that you draft here at the FFWC or Roto Bowl. Uh, if, it's a, if it's a Dynasty League or, uh, I'm sorry, a draft and go or a satellite qualifier or a main event or a Roto Bowl, whatever it is, you can use that. That cheat sheet will be the one that's populated right there in your draft room for you. 
and then it's it's scratching off the guys for you one by one as the draft's going yep. on. So we're real excited about that. That's going to be uh, huge. And I just I think that this is what the industry's needed a, a fresh of a breath of fresh air with the with the draft process and the waivers. And Mike, I think I've saved everybody. We've saved everybody a lot of time now in waivers, and you're going to enjoy the draft. I promise you. This uh, we're going to start our very first draft using this software. As soon as that draft and go fills on the message board, and I think there's six spots left now, or maybe five. I have to check my email. Uh, but we're gonna. That's the first beta league uh, people that are gonna draft on that software in a competitive environment, and it's gonna be fun. So that's enough about that. We did announce this week, Mike, at the FFWC action scoring. Uh, that's a big deal because players asked for it. And we had our opinions, uh, a couple people on our team, Ian and Emil, you know, obviously they put together this, this system uh, with, the, with the original WCOP in mind, which did not have action scoring. And their, their philosophy was, hey, if your defense is getting credit for it, uh, the touchdown, then how can another person, another player on the team get credit? Uh, and that was sort of the stance for the first two years here at the World Championship. But when the players want something and they – loudly speak to you, not loudly, but in, in, a, in a majority, majority of the people. Overwhelming way, to, yeah, yeah. Overwhelmingly, yeah. that's a good word. When they overwhelmingly want something, there's no reason not to give it to them. They want action scoring, they've got it. If your player scores a touchdown in any way that we – punt return, kick return, interception return, however it happens, you're going to get the full credit, uh, the six points for that. And, and look, that's action scoring, and, and so it's here as part of the FFWC. So that means uh, if you have, uh, like in the old days, a uh, uh, Devin Hester on your team, uh, mm-hmm. so he gets he gets six points for a pump return. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, Henry Muto is also uh, one of the one of the players we uh, we were uh, we were listening to as well. And yeah, he says it in the board. A TD is a TD. That's right. Um, Amen. Yeah. Amen. Woo! Maybe maybe a Sorry. Dexter McCluster, maybe a Percy Harvin, maybe a Des Bryant. You never know, guys. Yeah, they they, yep. they could get they could get a little bit of a uh, little bit more value through that. You never know. Uh, but when it happens, you know, it's almost like the Andrew Luck touchdown. You know that fumble recovery. He picks it up and runs right. it. And, and right, it right. Can you imagine? Can you imagine not getting credit yeah. for that and that possibly caused you the game? Uh, yeah, that'd be pretty. That'd be a pretty tough pill. To That's swallow, six points. That that would have been six points. points. Yeah, yeah, it's six points. Absolutely. Okay, let's talk about what's happening in the news this week, Mikey. Uh, the big news, I, I don't think it's any any question, the, the big news that happened this week was Chris Johnson, and uh, he came on, and he, he's part of the New York football Jets. Uh, it was really, there weren't a lot of suitors out there. We, we kind of knew that this was the guy, uh, the, the, one of the few teams that really had a suitor for, for him was the Jets right. due to their situation. Talk about this. I've talked to a few Jets fans that are actually pretty excited about the move. They're, they tried not to be, but it's just wearing on them, and, it, and they think it. They think it's going to work out because he's still healthy, and he has a good offensive line now. Uh, you're not. It's not the same situation as LT coming to the Jets when he was at the end of his career. Johnson's got uh, still got a lot left in the tank. For some reason, he, he likes to run into a wall of, of linemen that that can't open up holes for him. Maybe that's going to change in New York. What do you think? Well, you know, I think this could be a very good opportunity for him. Uh, Tennessee, it was going nowhere. I mean, the last two years, I mean, the only thing that he ever did from a fantasy football uh, standpoint was 
catch balls out of the backfield and busted for uh, for 50, 60 yards and score a touchdown. And he did that, what, about every every fifth game. So, I mean, his fantasy value has really decreased tremendously. Uh, going to the Jets, I'm not so sure it's increased. Uh, I hope it has. I'm not sure. Is the Jets' offensive line better than Tennessee's? Uh, I feel like it is. Yeah. Uh, are yeah. the options better? I mean, I really don't know, Scott. I mean, is it really better than Tennessee's? Gotta be. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, definitely. By far, there's a lot of veteran leaders on there that have been uh, uh, staples of that offensive line uh, for for quite a few years. And and look, they had some some uh, pretty good a pretty good ground game last year with some very subpar running backs back there. So I, I think he'll be okay. And that was always the knock well, on Tennessee. It, it was always the knock, the offensive line. And you know he had right. that big run in the preseason, and then his stock skyrocketed. And he was not worth a second-round pick last year. I don't know. Right. I looked at the ADP of this year, and I saw where he just went in this recent draft, and he went in the um, he went in the sixth round. And I would have to say that wow. there's a good chance that this move this this move propels him into the fifth round, if if not maybe yeah. the end of the fourth. Yeah, and 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 another thing is the style of play that that the Jets are going to be playing. I mean, I'm. Uh, which one is it going to be? Geno? Is it going to be uh, Michael Vick? Who's going to be starting quarterback? Uh, either one of them is going to really open it up for uh, Chris Johnson, in my opinion, because I mean that's going to give him even more options. Yeah, uh, look, uh, Vick, Decker, <laughs> and with Chris Johnson back there, and and I think that they should get a. Um, a, a, an offensive, another offensive weapon. Look, they've, they've. If, if you're trying to rebuild in the draft, your defense uh, at the corner, they have a good defense. They don't have a good secondary. I don't think you should try to build your secondary in the draft. That's just me. I've always felt that way. I didn't think they should yeah. have drafted D. Milner, although he did start to come on at the end of the year. So it takes a while. If you want something to to go in there this year, I would go after this Eric Abron kid. This tight end is. You know, by far the head and shoulders best tight end in this draft, and I, there are a couple of other ones I like. I like Austin Safarian Jenkins. I like Jason Morrow, but Eric Abron is uh, pretty much the unanimous number one top tight end in the draft. Mel Kiper uh, just named him uh, the Giants' first round selection at number twelve overall, and that's that's a pretty high pick. And when I go to FF Toolbox, yeah. every you know our experts are taking him at twelve, at nine. Uh, 12 to the Giants, uh, 9 to Buffalo, 10 to Detroit, 15 to Pittsburgh, and 18 to the New York Jets. I mean, if he falls that far, that'd be that'd be pretty shocking. But people are calling him one of the top 10 uh, players in the draft. And so yes. when you have a player like a 6'4 type of tight end, 250 pounds, 4'6 speed in the 40s, you're talking about Great. like a Vernon Davis type player, okay, uh, yeah. in, in the ACC. So – what do you think about this, Abron? Have you have you seen anything about him? Yeah, you, you know, I've heard, I've, I've seen a little bit. Uh, I just wonder, you know, de- depending on the teams and where they want to go, uh, drafting wise. I mean, would that be the best pick for them uh, at the particular position? Uh, you know, the the reason I say that is, are they good on D? 
Are they good on uh, in other uh, situations on offensive line, defense, defensive line? Because if if this is the guy they want, I'm going to tell you what, uh, it might be a solid pick because the NFL is a pass-happy league. Nobody's picking running backs hardly anymore. Yeah, yeah, you can count on that. You know, the other thing that's interesting about this draft, by the way, I love this Eric Abron kid. In uh, dynasty drafts that I'm in, I'm going to pick him everywhere, everywhere I can. Uh, look, there are lots of wide receivers in this draft, and you might be able to hit on them. I'm going to tell you that you have a really good shot of hitting on this tight end, much more so than a wide receiver. Wide receivers just have a tendency of, I mean, they're, they're okay, there's six or seven of them that look like they could be real superstars. But look, Tavon Austin looked fantastic as a prospect coming out. One of the fastest right. kids we've seen when we're looking at it. It's like, but we don't know if his, if, if I mean, he made a, he had a couple big plays too, but his stock is down. It's, and it, and you don't but, know if some of these wide receivers are going to be as valuable as you hope they will be, right? You, just you don't, don't know. know. If, you don't. Yeah, you you don't. You don't know if they're ready. Tavon Austin wasn't ready for the NFL. And, you know, I, but I think he's improved quite a bit. And we'll see this year. I mean, th- this could be a different Tavon Austin. I mean, the dude has speed to burn. I mean, he's he's awesome. Uh, yeah, he when does. Comes speed. But, uh, but as far as doing the, uh, the finer, the finer things that it makes, that it takes to make, uh, to be a great NFL wide receiver, uh, he doesn't have that right now. And we're going to have to wait and see if he has it. The other news of the week, Robert Griffin III, uh, we're going to get back to the NFL draft here a little bit later in the show, but some of the other news, RG3 back to his explosive rookie year form from first eye accounts, Mike. Now, some people automatically jumped off the RG3 bandwagon and said, look, this is yep. not the guy you want leading your team. He's not going to He's going to be out of the league before he ever gets back to the Pro Bowl type of player. He's going in the 10th round before, you know, this great positive praise here. He was going as the 14th quarterback off the board. With a story like this, uh, what do you think? Do you think that will drive the, the stock up on this guy? 14th round. So I'm going to say. Uh, four, four, uh, 14th I, quarterback. 14th quarterback in the 10th round. I'm sorry. All right. Well, 14th round. How about that? <laughs> Uh, I I really don't have a lot of uh, my confidence is not that high in Robert Griffin the third um, moving forward. You know when we get ready to draft here in the next month or two, I, I just I, I I just don't see it. I just don't see it, Scott. Even with the addition of uh, Deshaun Jackson, I, yeah. I, I just don't see it. Yeah, you know if Jordan Reed can stay healthy, you got this kid over the middle. Uh, you have Deshaun on the outside. Pierre Garçon is it can do it all. Uh, I like I what just I'm don't seeing see out of it. this out of this team. I think I think that Roy Hillou would actually make this team. I mean, you put a you're starting to get kind of Philly like, you know, with a Hillou back there instead of you know Morris could be your pounder and Hillou could be kind of be the guy that you know makes things happen. And then you got those receivers and RG three. If he's moving around outside of the pocket, it's not it's not bad. I kind I kind of like how that yeah. offense is shaping up. He's brittle. He's already he's already proven he's brittle, and uh, there's going to be that that NFC. They're, they're going to go after him. I just I don't know. I, I just don't I don't like the I don't like anything out of Washington right now. So somebody prove me wrong, and 
you know, give me a point, but uh, there's nothing I like out of Washington right now. Uh, Monty Ball got a big vote of confidence from Peyton the other day, and Ball, you know, did become a bigger part of the offense as he gained a handle uh, on the ball and life in the NFL. The Broncos are counting on his role to expand, and he's going to be the lead back. And i got to tell you, where I'm seeing him being drafted, now I did see him go at RB11 um, in this draft and go, but everything I've seen from the dynasty startup that I was in, he's being undervalued. Let me just tell you something right now. As the starting running back for the Broncos in your second year, he should be a top 10 dynasty running back, period. I'm telling you that, Mike. And and I and he's not being drafted that way in dynasty circles. I can, I can pull up that draft, and I'll have that up here in a second. But do you feel the same way that I do, or are you not buying the Monty Ball hype? I'm not. Why, why should he be a top 10? I, well, uh, you know, look, I said it's your second year, okay? Uh, that puts you right. in a class of uh, that puts you in a class of running backs like Bernard, Lacey, Bell. It was a very strong class last year. I still would put Doug Martin up there. Zach Stacy just doesn't catch the ball, right? Uh, but maybe Monty Ball's right. not going to either. But he's in Denver, okay? A little bit of a little bit of a difference. Um, I, I mean, you've got Andre Ellington. You have this. Uh, you know, I, I think Ball – okay, where was he taken? He was drafted at um, – this is the Dynasty Mock Draft. Okay, RB21 in the fifth round, okay? I mean, I'm just totally floored That's that people will be drafting Trent Richardson and Carlos Hyde and Alfred Morris before Monty Ball. He's in a great spot. He's in an absolutely yeah. great spot. And and they drafted him high for a reason. So, well, I mean, what what – what did you expect him to do as an also running back in that in a, in a Peyton Manning offense? I mean, he was you know he wasn't asked to do very much last year. He's going to be asked this year. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. That that is pretty late uh, for a startup, uh, but I don't know. I I just I can I can see what, if you had a, your chance between Monty Ball and Trent Richardson, which would you take? Obviously, Monty Ball. Uh, what would everybody else take? That that's a good one. I mean. Uh, yeah, it's good. Uh, that's it's good. Awesome. I like that. Yeah, I like that. That's a that's a good one uh, because a lot there's a, there's been a lot of faith lost in Rich. Look, bottom line is Richardson hasn't looked good uh, really since his last his, his junior year at Alabama. That I mean, right. it, it, in his sophomore year it was even more explosive, right? So he didn't wait. He didn't play too long. Yeah, his freshman year he looked fantastic. Uh, that was his huge year, and and some of the stops and starts and p- making people miss his year in Cleveland. He's really a bruiser, you know, and they gave him the and he made things happen. But you know, he has not really looked very well in the in the NFL. So hopefully, hopefully he can turn it around uh, for the for the sake of the Colts. Uh, Mikey, there's a lot of talk that in this NFL draft, the quarterbacks are um, mm-hmm. not first round caliber, and there's talk that Houston uh, may be taking. Uh, Jadavian Clowney at defense, right. and then right. waiting for one of these quarterbacks to fall to them later in the draft. What, what they they have a pick in the twenties somewhere. Uh, Houston does right, so that or or yep. they're they're talking about them or, or well, trading, uh, uh, trading up to that. Yeah, yeah, Scott. You know, 
this talk, uh, it comes from uh, Mel Kuyper and uh, these guys. They There is a lot of talk, uh, but obviously if these guys are talking that they're hearing something from the uh, the war rooms and the GMs from specific teams and things like that. I think the quarterback position uh, are these quarterbacks like Bortles and uh, uh, Manziel, Bridgewater, et cetera. I mean, they have fallen. I believe they have fallen. Um is it gonna is it gonna hurt them? It's it's gonna hurt them financially, maybe. But uh, I don't believe that uh, I don't believe that any team is gonna lose out on this just because if, if what I'm trying to say is if a quarterback falls and you've got him, you want him at the right spot. I don't care if it's the bottom line of the first round or two one, then take him. It's, it, he'll be fine. Uh, I'm I'm really disappointed. If this is the way it's going to go for Teddy Bridgewater, I'm going to be very disappointed. I I think that um, I I think that Jacksonville should not take a wide receiver. I think that's a big mistake. Although I love Sammy Watkins, uh, there's no there's no doubt about it that the quarterback position is where you make the playoffs. It's not on a wide receiver position. You're not going to make the playoffs. I mean, right. Look, Calvin Johnson. They have Calvin and Stafford, and they still can't make the playoffs. So a wide receiver is not going to lead you to the playoffs. A quarterback can. And I think that at this spot for Jacksonville, look, I know if if there's any doubt that this is not your franchise, you don't want to set your franchise back. I understand that. Maybe you'll get your quarterback next year. But there's no guarantee that in the next three NFL drafts that you're going to find a quarterback as good as Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, it depends on where you draft, too. I mean, you know, it just really – and and. And, you know, look, yeah. I, if Manziel no. goes one to Houston, it won't surprise me. It really won't. I mean, Houston what? could take Manziel instead of Clowney. I mean, they have a track history of taking the defense. Remember back in the day? Yeah. Uh, they, oh, yeah. They took Absolutely. The defense what, over. big boy? Oh, they, they took, gosh, um, Yeah, they took him over. Uh, Paid him a lot of money right, right off the bat. Right off the bat, paid him a lot of money. I mean, they 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 had already signed the contract before the draft was even Mario done. Williams. Mario Williams, yeah, yeah. They, took, they took Mario Williams over Reggie Bush and Vince Young, and so they've done this before. But did it get him to the? Did it get him to the Super Bowl? No, it didn't. <laughs> you, Matt Shaw's not going to get you there. Matt Shaw got you to the playoffs, couldn't no. get you to the Super Bowl. So you need a quarterback, and I, I just can't see passing on uh, on either Manziel. Or Bridgewater. I don't put Bortles in that crop yet. I think he's okay. There's well, a lot of talk about David, uh, this Derek Carr kid, Mike. They're talking about him yes, going yes. in the first round of this draft. And yes. so, if, he, if that's he may the case, go, yeah. Go ahead, Scott. I'm sorry. I, I, I mean, if that's the case, and you might be able to have a chance at a Derek Carr in the second round, if you put Derek Carr and Jimmy Garoppolo all in the same kind of bucket with Bridgewater, then I understand it. But I just I just don't see how how you could do that, you know. I mean, this, there's no Colin Kaepernick in this draft, you know. No, uh, gonna... but what I what I am saying is the reason I think that some of these guys are going up and down is they've been having interviews with specific teams already, and so apparently interviews have gone good or gone bad, and yeah. and so. Uh, it leaks out, obviously. Mel Kiper, you know, he's guru, whatever. But uh, it leaks out. But the interviews have gone good or bad, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, 
So that I, I think that's why there's uh, so much uh, fluctuation as far as uh, the quarterback situation because you're right. I mean, we've seen so many great – or not great, but very good quarterbacks coming in this draft. Next thing you know, we're talking about second round with some of these guys. That's crazy. Yeah, uh, the latest mock that we have here has uh, Jacksonville taking Sammy Watkins and then coming back in the second round and yep. at pick 39 taking Derek Carr. Uh, just, you know, you, you, if, you're, if he's able to fall that far, I don't think Carr's going to fall that far now. From, from all the talk that I'm hearing, somebody's going to take a shot. Now, I don't know who that will be late in the draft and late in the, in the uh, first round. But if you're um, – I'm looking at the teams. What if it's – okay, they have 26. He has he – has our, our, our mock draft expert here, Mark Nemi, he has Teddy Bridgewater going to Cleveland at the 26th pick overall. If that happens, right. man, that's just – it's just terrible. Now, look, you look at the, the other teams. 27, New Orleans doesn't need a quarterback. 28, Carolina doesn't need a quarterback. 29, New England. Time to start thinking about a quarterback. Brady, I mean, he's not going to be there forever. You got, you're going to have to start thinking maybe 29 at New England, but that you think that with Tom Brady, you just keep firing away with weapons to get you to that Super Bowl is what you yeah. probably do. You, you cross that right. bridge later. Now, now, if you remember, the Packers didn't do that. They took Aaron Rodgers when they saw that quarterback drop, and that can, was a big day. And, and you could see that type of day for a quarterback. Eventually, that will happen to New England. That it'll be a quarterback that falls in the first round, and at the end of the first round, they, you know, Belichick will take him, and that's when it'll start. It'll be like, oh my gosh, the heir apparent to Tom Brady because they spent a first round pick. It'll happen eventually. Uh, Number thirty is San Fran. They're not going to spend a pick on a quarterback, so I don't see a lot of end of the first type quarterback takers. Here's a classic example of what New England, if they do what they what they did in the past. If they if they go in the wayback machine, they'll do it again. Maybe not this year, but maybe next year. But if they was to decide to do it this year, what round was Tom Brady drafted in? Sixth. Yeah, they're going the wayback machine, and they'll they'll just find some quarterback and say, okay, let's groom this guy, let's groom this guy. Now, there's there's going to be very few sixth round Tom Brady's. I mean, don't get me wrong, but. If, if I was New England, that's what I, I that's what I would be doing right now. Thinking, okay, we're not worried about Bortles or any of these guys, Bridgewater. No, let's let, let's find a diamond in the rough and let's draft him in the fourth, fifth, sixth round. I can tell you, there's only one late pick that even needs a quarterback. I'm looking at all the teams. I mean, the Jets, Miami, Green Bay, Philadelphia, KC, Cincinnati, San Diego. None of those teams are going to take a quarterback. Cleveland at 26 might, you know, would take a quarterback if one of them fell, right? If they decided not to early on, I think it makes a lot of sense for Cleveland to pass on the quarterback early and because nobody else is going to take it. But there's one team at pick 20, Arizona Cardinals. They need a quarterback. And if you could get a good quarterback at the 20 pick, I, w- I could see Teddy Bridgewater maybe going to 20 at, at, uh, in, in Arizona. I mean, Carson Palmer's not your answer. He looked, looked like the worst quarterback in the league last year. I mean, he could not move around, couldn't do anything. Now he had a couple of games where they threw the ball around a little bit. But that's the only team I see in the second half of the draft that would even take a quarterback. So that's, that's through the, the, the bottom half. In the top half, you know, that makes a lot of sense. you got Dallas, not going to spend it. Pittsburgh at 15, not going to spend it. Chicago at 14, not going to spend it. 
13 St. Louis. Now, there's a possibility. St. Louis could say, you know what, I'm giving up on Bradford, but I don't see it happening. I think St. By the way, St. Louis, I think they're one of the best underrated story teams in the league right now. This defense is phenomenal. The defense is phenomenal, yeah. and they could get even better. They're, they're, there's not a lot of argument that they have one of the best D-lines in the league. And if they go defense at pick six, if they go defense at pick um, – no, I'm sorry, they have pick two. If they somehow two. get JV and Clowney, are you kidding me? Yeah. That's, and they're going to be competing with San Fran and Seattle, and they can compete with those guys. They were competing with those guys last year with Kellen Clemens, Mike. I mean, yeah. St. Louis is no joke. I think I well I think I think St. Louis has already given up on Bradford, haven't they? I don't think so. I don't think okay. so. Not from what I'm hearing. What I'm from what I'm hearing, this is his last shot. And so I don't think I don't think you destroy his confidence, nor do you take the rookie quarterback until you've seen it. If it happens this year, you know what's gonna happen if Bradford has a bad year or if he uh, gets hurt, you know what that means? You're going to have a top pick next year's draft. You can get your quarterback then. But they're going to give him one yeah. more shot. They're going to give him yeah. one more shot. So they're going to continue to fire away on that defense. And I'm telling you, one more pick for that defense. I think they have to address offensive line. That's the one thing that's been getting Bradford killed. If, yeah. they, if, if yeah. Clowney's not there and Clowney goes one, I think you actually uh, you can get your offensive lineman, maybe even trading back like we have in our mock here and getting Jake Matthews at the sixth spot or something if they trade let Atlanta have that pick. They get that offensive lineman. Then they come back at the end of the – later in the first round and they get another defensive lineman, and then they're really looking good. So uh, interesting there. Just uh, kind of got off on a tangent. It is. Hey. It, it's very – no, it's very interesting about uh, St. Louis. St. Louis, I mean, if you're a St. Louis Rams fan, you've got a lot of things to feel good about. I mean, because you're on the cusp of something uh, very special, no doubt. Uh, three four seven three two four five four zero four is the number. We're going to look at a few dynasty trades here uh, in the dynasty world. I don't know if you guys are playing dynasties yet, but we have drafting goes going on. The ninety nine dollar drafting goes are going on uh, on the on the boards. Robert Wallace uh, is supposed to join us. Uh, I just talked to him uh, right before the show, so unless he has a a little case of stage fright or a little emergency at the house yeah. should be joining us uh, any minute now. Uh, let's go back to the news real quick. Before we go to get to those dynasty trades, the Seahawks re-signed Sidney Rice. Pretty much a non-story there. I don't think there's a lot to talk about there. The Lions, Reggie Bush, and Joy Bell, they'll probably have a split role this season. Now, I talked about this in the newsletter this week, Mike. Uh, Reggie Bush and Joy Bell. Personally speaking, uh, well, before I get to that, I'll say this. Reggie Bush being drafted in the third round right now at RB16. Joyke Bell being drafted in the fifth round at RB22. Okay? Can I just tell you that I think that Joyke Bell will outperform Reggie Bush this year? Is that, a big, is that a too big of a stretch for you, Mike? Because personally, from what I saw can last I, year, Bell's the man. And Reggie totally is agree with fantastic, you. but Bell is ready to explode on this league. Yes, I, you know, I try to disagree sometimes, you know, but Scott, that, that is spot on, man. Joy Bell, this guy is ready to explode. Uh, he, not just from, uh, you know, from a running standpoint, but uh, catching the ball out of the backfield. The, the guy's explosive. He can do a lot of things, and he has a nose for the end zone. So, uh, man, I, I totally agree with you. 
I think I think I think Joy Bell has the opportunity to be a top ten running back. Uh, I think he showed it last year. He was he was in he was hanging in the top ten for a, a big part of the year on a couple yeah. of big games, and uh, he just again he was splitting touches with Reggie. Uh, but look, there's some guys there that you have to consider. You have to really figure this out in your cheat sheet at home. You have guys like Ray Rice, Rashad Jennings, Andre Ellington. These are all guys that have some really good upside themselves. Uh, so you have to kind of figure out where, where do you want to make your bed there, and, and maybe if not over those guys, but then it comes into the receivers that are being drafted around him. Jeremy Macklin, Larry Fitzgerald, Corderell Patterson, Roddy White, or even a Rob Gronkowski. Mike, it's, I'll tell you what, this is going to be probably the most fascinating draft season I've ever been a part of, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm, not, I'm just shooting you straight. I think that when I'm yep. looking at the draft board, it's more challenging for me than it's ever been before. There are so many veterans, and that's part of the, the segment we're going to do tonight, the IR segment. There's so many veterans coming off of injured reserve that were superstar players that we don't know what they're going to bring to the table. Let me just give you a small list of these guys, and you tell me which one you think has a, a good chance of going back to the form that they once did, Okay. All right. You first you start off with Crabtree, who had the injury, and he did come on uh, later in the year, and you got to see a little bit of him in the playoffs. He had superstar potential with Kaepernick, and he still does. Uh, so you have Crabtree. You have Arian Foster, who has always been Arian Foster, new quarterback in that system. And if the back surgery, you know, that, that he's trying to say wasn't a big deal, and he's fine and he's ready to go. He has top five potential because he's still Arian Foster. He's going to get you 50 catches. He can get you the, the runs. He, I mean, he's, just, he's excellent. Uh, Maurice Jones-Drew doesn't have that type of potential, I don't think, at this stage in his career, although some people are still drafting him like that in the third round. Fantasy Surgeon took him at RB18. Ray Rice still has that type of potential coming off of uh, an injury, and then now you've got all this baggage. We'll you, see what you have all this. Oh, you have, you have all the baggage in the offseason. Yeah, we'll have to see what happens. Percy Harvin. Coming off of an injury, didn't get to see much. What will we see this year? Rob Gronkowski. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, another veteran, coming off of injury, but has superstar potential. Just you know, the the, the problem is, and one last name I'll give you is Reggie Wayne, another another player that has great upside, especially with Andrew Luck. But you just don't know how they're going to do coming off of the injury. So it's real boom or bust picks. Boomer bust picks this year are, are happening, and you've got to figure out where to put those and where to slot those guys, Mike. Which of those guys? Uh, I'll even throw out Roddy okay. White. I mean, Roddy White seems like a no-brainer. Which of those guys seems the most appealing to you? Uh, right now, uh, to be honest with you, uh, Reggie Wayne, he feels uh, very uh, uh, boom. Uh, Michael Crabtree, boom. Uh, Roddy White, boom. When I go bust, I'm thinking Foster, MJD, uh, Harbin. Believe it or not, I'm gonna say Harbin as a as a bust because uh, I, I I I just can't rely on the guy. If I'm drafting, I'm, if I'm sitting there in the draft room, I I just can't rely on the guy. Uh, Gronk, I can't rely on him. Um, so I want to go on the guys I can rely on. Uh, I want to go back a little bit uh, what you said about Ellington and uh, Cordell Patterson. Um, Andre Ellington, I believe in his ability, and uh, I think he's 
he he could be solid, but that's that's a boomer bust. Cordell Patterson, in my opinion, that's a boomer bust. Depending on uh, who they decide to go with quarterback, so I mean you you we're throwing in uh, uh, some uh, veterans along with a couple of uh, young guys there, and uh, there's a lot of boomer bust, and uh, we're just kind of figuring it out who's it going to be, and it's it's tough to figure out, but that's just. You know, that's just kind of my take right now. Who's going to have more fantasy points at the end of the year, Jason Witten or Rob Gronkowski? Jason Witten. <laughs> you know, it's like everybody's ready to doubt Witten, and, 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 you know, he just keeps doing his thing, you know, week after year yep. after year. Now, this was the first yep. year, the first year, I think, in Witten's career that I can recall that he wasn't a top-five tight end. He was actually number six this year. Um behind Vernon Davis, Jordan Cameron, Julius Thomas, Tony Gonzalez, and uh, way up there is Jimmy Graham. You know, there is no other Jimmy Graham right now uh, in yeah. the league. But, um, you know, hey. He is still going to uh, be classified as a tight end, correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's not okay. – I don't think that's uh, – I, I don't remember, think, I don't I remember think all those stories him. about, you know, he wanted to be a wide receiver or whatever. I just, I'm just curious, man. Reggie Wayne's been very durable. He was the Iron Man of the NFL. Oh, right? I mean, how many games yep. did he have? 189 games in a row. Now he has to start his new streak. But he's, but, he, but look, coming off of an ACL, I thought that that was, I thought that was maybe you know time to move on. You know, no. I, I'm, I, I was, I was a little worried that this might not be, uh, this might not be the best thing for him. He, he's 35 years old. Thirty-five. He might. He's going to be thirty-six in November. Uh, and his quote, yeah, well, just in, 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 for NBC Sports an hour ago, if you say I'm over the hill, I'll prove you wrong. <laughs> well, I tell you what, Reggie Wayne, right now he's feeding off of Andrew Luck. He's feeding off of Andrew Luck's uh, youth and uh, and the fact that Andrew Luck knows how to manage a team, and he's enjoying every bit of this. I. I think I think Reggie Wayne has a big year. Like I said, uh, Roddy White, I believe in him. I believe in Crabtree. Uh, I believe in uh, Reggie Wayne. So, Those so guys, real quick, I, I really do. So real quick, you have Reggie Wayne, T.Y. Hilton, and Hakeem Nix. How do you rank them? Ooh, T.Y. Hilton, Hakeem I'll go uh, T.Y. Hilton, Reggie Wayne second, Hakeem Nix third, just because okay. of uh, the quarterback situation. Yeah, see, I can't do that. I, I, I can't do that. I, I have to put Hilton one, with a big time potential for Nix to uh, to be up there too. Uh, but Nix uh, a close second. I think Nix has a much better year this year. Uh, well, I think he still has something left in the tank. I think it's a great fit for him. Reggie Wayne, a real distant third. I mean, I'm I'm thinking about I'm thinking him and Colston. <laughs> you know, are kind of the same guy at this point in their career, and Colson's not coming off a major ACL uh, surgery, but you know, and they both have great quarterbacks. But I think I'd rather have uh, I think I'd rather have Colson actually. Hey, I think Robert Walsh is going to ready for us here. Let's let's see if this is Robert. Okay. Robert, are you with us? Yes, sir. I'm right here. There you go. Hey, good to have you on, sir. Glad glad to have you on uh, Red versus Blue. Your debut here at Red versus Blue. But I think most people that have been around the high stakes industry, they've seen the name. W's Marauders around some leaderboards. What, what's you, you've been around the block uh, here in this high stakes circle for quite a while. Oh, I got lucky a time or two. I, I 
I, you know, I'm just kind of a part timer that uh, just, like I said, gets a little lucky every once in a while. <laughs> I like the way you, you talk, I, Robert. I like the way you talk. We're, he's we're from Texas, Mike. Hey, you're, you're, Mike. You're from Kentucky. You're from Kentucky. He has a Texas oh, accent. Oh no, you're, no, 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 no! Deep, deep Northeast Texas. No bull crap. <laughs> hey, Robert. I'm, hey, I'm out great in the Piney Woods. <laughs> great to have you on the show, man. Uh, you know, like Scott said, uh, you've got a, you got a lot of experience and. Been a lot of fun uh, watching you, and uh, what's uh, what's made you so successful in fantasy football? I mean, what's been the key thing? Hard work. It, it, anybody that 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 competes in in the venues that we do, if you're going to do any good whatsoever, you've got to put the time in. And if you don't, you just won't you you won't hang there because. We've got people out there that will put that time in and are really, really sharp. And uh, you don't put the time in, you won't keep up with them. Robert, uh, you played in the FFWC last year, your first year here, and you also uh, looked like you had a lot of fun in the in the playoff contest, jumped into the dynasty, uh, doing a little bit of everything. And now you jump in with both feet and get two main event teams. What? You had you finished thirty third overall in our event last year, jumping in with two main event teams. What about what is it about the FFWC that has you has you coming in with two teams? There's there's two there, really there's two big things. Number one, I I really love the eleven man roster. Hmm. It it allows for a whole lot more flexibility, especially uh, in my draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can I can get there, and depending on how the draft goes, there's one or two or even three different ways to build your team. And that extra man just provides so much more flexibility in doing that. Plus, that 13-week season is is just fantastic. I mean, you know, I'm into week 13, and I'm still fighting for the league, for the league uh, points title. Mm-hmm. That's, that, I mean, you know, I'm not out of it. I didn't have a bad week week 12 and and now I'm basically out out of playing for anything. I'm into week 13 and I'm sitting here and I'm still playing for the points lead in the league. That that was just awesome. Yeah, you had you all had a lot there. of points. You had a lot of points last year. You were 1960 points. Kind of snake bit with your schedule. You were 7 and 6, but you had you were fighting for the points lead the entire year. Yeah, and it, what's so bad is Vereen went down the first week. It just, oh, I lost Vereen, I lost Aaron Rodgers, I lost Jermichael Finley, and I was still fighting for that points lead. Yeah, 1,950 points. That's a lot of points uh, for, for that. And you had Deshaun Jackson, Emmanuel Sanders, which is much better now. This year, Demarius. Uh, Demarius yep. was a monster for you. DeMarco had a great year. Forte obviously had a great year. And you lost Rodgers like that. That was with. I mean, you, luckily you had you, you had a good backup in McCown, but with Rodgers on that team, uh, man, I had I had a nice draft. If they'd all stayed healthy, I thought I had a shot at, at really doing something. But you know, injuries are part of the game. Uh, that's just that's something we've got to live with, and and that's what that uh, waiver wire is for. Absolutely. I'm glad you, I'm well glad you brought up the waiver wire. Go ahead, Mike. 
Yeah, I, I, I was just saying, uh, Scott, uh, that's very well put, Robert. Uh, so many people, uh, you know, they cry and complain about, oh, well, I had this guy go down, I had this guy go down, that guy go down. But you know, it's it's a part it's a part of our of our season. It's part of our thirteen week season. We understand and know that it's going to happen. And uh, like you said, that's what the waiver wire is uh, all for. Robert, I tell you, talk about the talk about the waiver waiver wire because you've been around the, and 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 um, you know you've seen this waiver wire uh, ever since the early days of the W cough. And you had a great year back in 2009, finished 11th overall in the WCOFF. So that's uh, that's got to be an exciting story to retell. Uh, what what about um, what about the waivers? What's your general approach here? Well, and a lot of that it depends year to year. It it, it really does. I, I'm really mad at myself about last year. Uh, Gosh, I mean, I knew Vic was going to go down. I should have Nick had Nick Foles on my bench everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I, I I look back at that, and I've gone back over some of my drafts, and I thought, you know, sometimes you just do things that are just stupid. Because, like I said, I knew Vic would go down, and Foles yeah. was available at a good price in nearly every draft I did, and I did not take him but in two leagues. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't have Foles anywhere. It, it really caught me by surprise. I wasn't a Foles guy. I, didn't, I mean, I, I knew Chip Kelly, uh, but I, I kind of thought that Vic was was gonna you know thrive in that role. Yeah, I didn't. I, did you have him anywhere, Mike? No, did not, no. did not. And uh, you know, I, I I agree with Robert. You know, it's kind of like wow, man, it, because Foles. I mean, he showed potential the year before last. So, I mean, why wasn't we uh, cognizant of what what was going on there? Well, not just that, but we knew that Vic was, with the way he played, we knew he was subject to injury. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, I mean it's, it's ergo, I knew he was subject to injury. I've had him as a, as a on a dynasty team for several years now, so I've lived through the injury. <laughs> I knew he was injury prone because mm-hmm. of the way he played, and then I did not use that to, to, to take it that one step further. And I blame myself for that. But you know what, Robert, uh, the one thing about it, uh, you're talking about a dynasty team, and I'm a, I'm a pure failure at dynasty teams, but, you know, that's lesson learned, and, uh, you know, we, you know I, can, I can learn from what you, just, uh, what you just said right there. I mean, that's a classic example. Well, Robert if, if we don't learn from our mistakes, <laughs> of course we're going to repeat them. And that's the one thing exactly. about this this sport: we we learn from our mistakes and we move on. And if you'll notice, all the guys that are up there, the same ones are there every year, and you see them doing a little something a little bit different every year. And I repeat right. the same mistakes every year. That I, that's kind of my mo. I just keep doing the same wrong things over <laughs> and over. Uh, Robert Wallace joined us, High Stakes Pro, uh, been around every uh, one of the pro circuits. So, you know, being able to manage all of the formats has got to be tough. So you're playing FFPC, NFFC, and now FFWC, you know, both feet. The thing that's more surprising is that you're jumping into Dynasty, too. So talk about that. Well, you're, The Dynasty World Championship, you've grabbed a team for the July draft. Yeah, uh, I've got – 
some dynasties that uh, I'm, and most most of the dynasties I do are, are with just some uh, some friends mm-hmm. that uh, we all know each other and, and everything, and uh, that's how I kind of got into the dynasty. But I found I kind of like it because in dynasty I'm I'm not playing necessarily for this year. I'm playing right. to dominate. And and I find that that as, as as I'm trying to build a team, it's 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 a lot more fulfilling to try to make a really dominating team that's going to be in those playoffs year. In fact, I did one startup league that uh, uh, I kind of got. They let me get ahead of them in the uh, initial draft, and I, uh, I I won it three years in a row. They they were Robert. I think I think they were threatening to throw me out of the league. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing, well, one thing you just said, Robert, that makes a lot of sense uh, to me and to uh, a lot of people that are trying to uh, get into the dynasty world. Uh, I know there's so many that are listening that have already been in the dynasty world, but if you want to put somebody in the dynasty world, throw them in there. It, it's it's like being a general manager. You have your own team, and this is a lot of fun. Now, where's the movers and shakers? What can I do to continue to dominate, like you said, my 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 my, my team? I mean, it's, it, that's what it is, and it's a constant moving and shaking. Right, yeah. And it, it's, I picked up Arian Foster in one of the Dynasty Leagues off of waivers in week 15, the year before he broke out. Mm. I mean, wow. and, 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 yeah, really. They're, they're sitting there, and they're letting me do waivers week 15. I'm sitting there, and I'm mm-hmm. watching him. He's showing out a little bit, and I'm saying, you know, let's take a gamble on this guy. And you're yeah. right. It's like a general manager <laughs> seeing the guy play. Yeah. He shows right. a little bit. Okay, I got room on my roster. Let's put him on my roster. Let's see what happens. The next year, he got his shot, and he broke out. Uh, Robert, they want to know in the chat room, what do you do for a living? Uh, well, I, I don't need anybody getting nervous or anything, but uh, I work in hospitals <laughs> on uh, oh, decontamination and sterilization equipment. I don't th- that doesn't get us nearly as nervous as you saying you work for the IRS or something. <laughs> uh, no, I hide from the IRS. <laughs> <laughs> uh Robert, look, we uh the Dynasty uh the Dynasty World Championship is going to be a lot of fun. Glad to have you as a part of it. Uh final final thoughts, share a- anything you could you could do to um you mentioned hard work. Anything else you can you can say to the to the guys out there that are maybe going to take a shot on the main event this year or even for the first time jumping up into a rotable for a lot of people rotable is their big league of the year you know it's not a yeah. at, that 279 is not you know that's not chump change for a lot of people to put into a fantasy league that's like hey i'm i'm taking a shot so what, do you, what what's the best advice for them jumping into the world of high stakes oh you know if you're if you're in high stakes and like i said number one you got to do your homework if, if you don't do your homework you're going to be sitting there with some guys that do do their homework so uh, if you're not going to, if you're not willing to commit to putting that time in there, then uh, you're donating your money to somebody else. And and to me, I mean, I I, I love the competition 
there. I mean, when you get in there and you, you see people across the, the table from you, uh, like Shane or, or Chad or or uh, uh, Tom Yates or, or one of these mm-hmm. guys sitting across the table from you, and you know how good they are, uh, and you're sitting there and you're really saying, okay, you know, I've got this guy to beat. I love that. I just It's just fantastic to me. Can't wait to see you in Vegas, the W Marauders, here on Red vs. Blue, the debut. Robert, thank you for joining us, my man. You're always welcome back, and we will see you uh, at the Mirage in Vegas. Good to talk to you guys, and I'm looking forward to our Vegas trip. Uh, y'all have fun. Thanks, Robert. All right, that was Robert Wallace, Mikey. Uh, man, he came in and stole the show, and, he, you know, he, he, he hit on it. Hard work. Hard work is what it takes, and, and, and you know, you have to think that, that is the, the, the major difference for, for everybody drafting at home versus it's the people who are taking it serious. And this is a world of people who take this hobby very seriously. I wrote down, uh, real, real quick, Scott, I wrote down three words that made a lot of sense. Uh, homework, commit, commitment, and competition. I love those. Homework, yeah. commitment, and competition. You know, the, the dude's dude's a country boy from Texas. I, I love him, and, uh, you know, he's, he's successful. He's successful. I knew that would fit right in for you. I want to tell you about a trade that just happened in the Dynasty World Championship. Our very own Invictus Bronte, a uh, very polarizing figure in the world of Dynasty, has his own Dynasty show. He gave up Calvin Johnson in the Dynasty World Championship League number two. Whoa. And in return, he got Marshawn Lynch and Riley Cooper. Oh, he wants to win now. I had a phone conversation with him, and I said, what are you doing? He said, well, first of all, let me tell you something. As a Calvin owner, I've been shopping him for a while, and the offers that I've been getting are ridiculous. Nobody wants to give me anything. You know, I'm getting like Cecil Shorts and a third-round pick type offers, you know. I'm not getting any kind of offers for Calvin Johnson at all. And, look, if, I, if you want to win in the DFWC, you've got to have 11 men to start every week. And I needed another. I needed another. My running backs were thin. I own Christine Michael. Marshawn Lynch and Riley Cooper, what are your, what are your thoughts on that trade for Calvin? I, you know, I, <laughs> I love the fact that he got Riley Cooper and uh, Marshawn. I, I really do. I really do. But, You know, that that that's the way I, that's the way I look. I, I'm still thinking of uh, what Robert had to say about the uh, 11 man roster, about the 13 week league. Yeah. You know, I, I I'm still going back to that. I mean, that's what he uh, what gravitated him toward the uh, FFWC and the big things that are going on there. You know, that really uh, 11 man roster, 13 week league. I mean. Last yep. year, you guys were the first ones to do that, right? Yeah, I, you know, well, you're right. He uh, he hit on both of those two points. Uh, he said for two reasons. Why I'm jumping in both feet, 11-week season, 11-man thir- week, roster, 13-week season. That's, yes. that's, it, doesn't have, it doesn't have to get any more complicated than that. That's, that's, that's what nope. it is. And, and he said he was fighting all the way until week 13 for that, for that, for that most points. He didn't right. get it. But you notice that didn't deter him from coming back. Mikey, we're out of time, my exactly. man. It's good to talk to you. Okay, Glad man. to catch up with you. Last word? Thanks, man. I appreciate it, Scott. All right. Everybody, uh, you can go to fulltimefantasy.com, learn all about the FFWC. Make sure you're hanging out at FF Toolbox. we got lots of mock drafts going on, free agency stuff. Larry Gold, Larry Goldstein, if you know the name, he's joining the FF Toolbox staff, and he's going to break down all kinds of information 
for the high-stakes player world. Uh, going to be a lot of fun to have him. Everybody, well, have a great weekend. Enjoy yourselves. Happy, Happy Easter, buddy. You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time.